And we're back with another episode of the Tales and Tunes podcast. Kicking this week's episode off, and B Tsunami's number one track pick of the week goes out to a longtime favorite producer of mine, James Harcourt. The track is entitled Nutation off of his recent EP release, Infected, which is on Twisted Frequency Records. Feel free to turn it up.
Welcome guys to episode 8 of the Tales and Tunes podcast. This week's guest is originally from Mexico. He has lived all over the U.S., including Texas, New York, and Denver, and has been DJing for well over a decade. He's an original founding member of the Hemis Groove Collective that's out here in Denver, and is currently a resident DJ for the Underground Thursdays at Milk Bar. Please welcome to the podcast, Alex M. How's it going, guys? <laughs> How's it going, man? How's uh, How you been lately? Pretty good. Just kind of busy working and stuff. Yeah, yeah. How's uh, 2015 treated you so far? Pretty good so far, yeah. Heck yeah. A lot of like fun stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Or have you just... played any shows this year so far? Um, yeah, just so far, like they made me resident at Milk. Um, I think it was in Feb- February, I believe. So yeah, I think those are the first ones I played this year. Oh, word. Twice I played twice in February, so that was kind of exciting. Heck yeah, man. As far as I go, this. Uh, uh, for those who've been following the podcast religiously. <laughs> Lend is still going, and I've uh, managed to stay sober. Uh, this hasn't been the funnest experience, but uh, I've been getting a lot of shit together, which is nice. Uh, I'm about a month in, and uh, i got about two weeks to go, and uh, couldn't be more excited for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> I did find out over the, when this was going on, or during, I was actually like, uh, two weeks in or something I was like you know what two weeks it's probably been almost halfway through so I was looking at the calendar and it's supposed to be 40 days and it was more like 55 or 60 days and I was like what the fuck Catholics don't know how to do math or something like I must have been lied to all growing up like it's 40 days Jesus was in the fucking desert for 40 days but no it's 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 way longer than that so I was not happy to find that out, so <laughs> I'll be cutting it a, a few days shorter uh, for when I go back for, for well, yeah, Easter's on the 5th, um, but on April 2nd, I'm uh, going back to Iowa for Mission Creek Festival. It's more of a, like, indie rock festival, but, yeah. I mean, they have all sorts of, it's underground music or, you know, just non-mainstream kind yeah. of stuff, local talent and like regional. It's, it's inspired, like, uh, by uh, South by Southwest. Oh, so okay, it's, so it's kind of got that similar. Yeah, it's like, got that kind of vibe to it. And uh, it's their 10th anniversary, and uh, five. this will be my fifth year, but five years ago they asked me to do the Underground Electronic Showcase. So nice. I've been going back every year, and, uh, yeah, this will be the fifth year, and, what, Pretty, uh, do you usually play like what's like your time slot? Do they give you like a different time well, slot? Well, I actually or? do a show for it. It's called Mission Beat, oh, and so it's just, like it's like the night that's the electronic showcase. So you just like book the DJs that are gonna. Yeah, play yeah. Like, they oh, they cool. give me a budget to work with, and oh, sweet, I, I book the lineup. And this year I have uh, Eric Starrett. Uh, he lives here now. He's lived here longer than I have, but he was originally from Iowa. He was actually two podcasts ago. I met uh, him at a. Learning actually, he's yeah, super awesome guy. yeah, Real yeah. Nice he's guy. he's a really good old friend of mine, kind of a mentor. Learned a lot from him. Yeah, uh, you can hear all about it on episode six if you want to go back. But uh, yeah, he's been out here longer than I have, and uh, we're going back. And he hasn't played in Iowa in two and a half years, so oh, wow. uh, it's going to be a big homecoming. A lot of people are excited sure. to, I mean, hear him play, let alone just see him because he doesn't go back too often. Yeah. And uh, then the other guy we have headlining is uh, Matt Rissey, who's a oh, yeah. pretty well-known local. He played uh, 
Great American Techno Festival out here. Yeah. And he's played Beta Lounge once before that, so. Yeah, I think the time uh, I saw him play at the Beta Lounge, it was, like, ridiculously packed. Like, everybody from Iowa came out. Yeah, we had, like, a little <clears throat> invasion. We I think there was probably, like, 30 people that yeah. came from Iowa, and it was, and it like was just, like, a takeover. Yeah, yeah. That night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Iowans don't fuck around, that's for sure. <laughs> So yeah, we got him and then myself. I always close out the last hour, and then uh, uh, local up and comer uh, uh, Colin Giant Child will be opening. So looking forward to that. And then also along the lines of uh, my sobriety, I just released a studio mix. I usually release a studio mix between the winter springtime. Yeah. Last year it was H two O eight, and this year uh, it's called Under the Influence of Sobriety, which uh, nice. <laughs> it's Definitely the first mix I've ever made where I was completely 100% sober, sober. <laughs> not under the influence of any substances. So <laughs> it's, it was a unique experience putting it all together, and uh, yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out. So yeah, That's head awesome. over to SoundCloud to check that out if you guys want to hear that. But anyways, enough about my ass. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Alex. Uh, the first I was thinking back on it actually. Uh, the first time I met you was. It wasn't much longer after I lived here, probably like two or three months in, but uh, yeah. went over to Andy Roberts when he lived with Wes Woodley uh, up in like the upper lower downtown part of, t- of Denver, and yeah. uh, we were just like hanging out before going to a show, and you're like, oh, I'm Alex, and I was like, oh, I'm Ben, and you're like, oh, dude, I, I've heard about you. you. You DJ? I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, your friend Brooke told me about you, and you were like... <laughs> I, d- I do uh, Thursdays at Opal downtown. He's like, yeah. we should totally have you on to play. And <laughs> <For sure. laughs> I thought that was so cool, man. I mean, it's, you were the first person that, I mean, offered me to, to play a show out here, and you hadn't even heard me. You were just going off Brooke's words. So yeah, for sure. It was super cool to... Yeah, I know like, she had good taste, so I just kind of took her word for it. So Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate it, because that definitely uh, started <laughs> me getting gigs out here and everything, <laughs> man. Sure. And, yeah, how long had you been doing Opal then, or how did that get started? Um, well, I uh, met Brian, you know, Brian Christian, uh, I think like three years ago. We used to, well, I used to work at Best Buy, and uh, he used to be my manager. Oh, what part of town? Um, in Lakewood, in Belmar, like not far oh, from Oh, really? Lakewood, yeah. Belmar. Yeah. You met, actually, I didn't know that's how you guys met. Yeah, we actually met in the warehouse one night. Uh, they were already closing, or I think we were already closed, and then they were like throwing like they were doing like renovations in my store and they were like throwing power strips away and he was like oh i overheard him say like oh i could use one of these for my dj setup and i was like oh you dj <laughs> and uh he just started like he was like yeah dude um you know seth nichols like i went to high school with him like went to high school with paul anthony and i was like dude i know like all those guys and uh yeah we just kind of like hit it off and just like started doing stuff oh crazy so yeah we kind of like worked together for a while um what year I, was that then uh i believe it was 2012 Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not sure, like, around what month it was, but uh, at the time, I was actually a resident DJ at Funky Buddha. Okay. Um, which I had been a resident since, like, 2010, I believe. And so I asked him if he wanted to, like, play with us. And then um, after the first time, I just, like, made him, like, a hemisphere resident. And then, yeah, he'd just been a part of that since. So that's kind of how that took off. Cool, man. I, I, I love hearing stories like that just like so <laughs> random like but he was the one that uh yeah but going back to the opal thing yeah he he uh so we had been playing at funky buddha for a while and then uh i think we like lost the residency like they were changing up the format whatever you know how like funky buddha is kind of weird with mm-hmm. it but um yeah i think he just like 
walked into Opal one one afternoon and he just was like talking to the manager and they were like, oh yeah, we need like some DJs or whatever. So he like called me up and he's like, dude, we got a night there. So <laughs> I never was like too fond of that place because I don't know, it's like a lot of people have really bad like opinions of it, you know, like mm-hmm. food and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know, like for me, like looking back now, I mean, it, it was always kind of a cool place to like have somewhere to play music and yeah. stuff. So you got those cheap fucking thirty-two ounce beers, Kirins, the Japanese, beer, yeah. <laughs> like you get hammered off some Japanese beers for like yeah, for sure. six bucks. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I think I remember one night I drank like eight of them and I was like so like eight or nine, like just <laughs> ridiculously like hungover the next day. Yeah. Oh man, I can I think of that because it. I remember peeing a lot, and that that bathroom was pretty pretty gnarly for yeah. a for a Japanese restaurant. It looked it looked pretty. <laughs> it's funny because we were, we like found a there like there's a like a really nice restroom in there that I didn't even know about till like a year later. Like Brian, I saw Brian coming out of there one night, and I was like, "Where were you?" And he's like, "Oh, the restroom." And like I'm like, "Which one?" It's like a super nice one that I didn't even know. About. I didn't even know they had one. Like in the other side of the lounge that's hilarious <laughs> cool so how, how long did that last then um i want to say it was yeah uh two years maybe a little over two years mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's cool we started somewhere in like february of 2012 and uh ended yeah just like last year like around february march so it's been about a year that we haven't been doing it right on when you were doing the funky buddha before that was that was that hemisphere um actually the first couple times um not really it was more like just my night um brandon who um is a manager at uh he was a manager at the time at funky buddha he's now the manager at milk he just offered me like a night so i just like you know pick some like friends to play with and stuff like that okay but after we did it um like a like a two or three times and um I had a, we had met like a couple of friends um, from Houston online and they wanted to bring us out to play at a club called Riches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was like a really cool experience. Me and my friend James actually flew out, they like flew us out there and we like played and it was, it was a pretty cool experience. And then uh, once we got back, we were like kind of like thinking of something like, you know, we were like, do we kind of got to have like a little crew or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that came from. Oh, cool, man. Nice. And now you've uh, now you you've moved on uh, to help out with the uh, Underground Thursdays. They just did they just I mean I talked with Seth about this on the yeah. podcast and stuff, but they just approached you. Yeah. Um, Kevin had been talking to me about it for like a month or so, and uh, yeah, I mean I've just like we've been supporting each other for a long time. Even you know like Opal's not what like two blocks away from bar standard yeah so we've been supporting each other for the longest time like for two or three years and like every time you know like seth and kevin would play at norad or like anywhere like we just i don't know we had like a really good like support system mm-hmm. but um yeah they just like asked me um one night they were just like oh do you want to be resident and i was like dude of course like hell yeah you know and at the and around that time i was kind of like losing interest in like djing i hadn't really had like any great DJing experiences, you know? So I think I remember that actually. You talking to me, you're yeah. like, I'm kind of, kind of on the fence about it right now. You're like going yeah. to more metal shows and stuff. For sure, yeah. I was like going to a lot of like metal shows and hip hop stuff. So I was kind of like, I knew I would come back to it eventually, you know. But I was just kind of like losing interest a little bit. I was like, I kind of need a break. But mm-hmm. that's just like exactly what I need is like something like milk. Yeah, you know? it's exactly, and it's yeah, it's the the exact vibe I feel like you guys were going for too, yeah. and. You, you fit totally perfectly for it, you know. 
it's definitely the the place to be on Thursdays. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But all right, let's rewind a little bit and uh, get a little bit bit of your history in here. Uh, so you, uh, where were you born? I was born in uh, Chihuahua, which is right across the border from Texas. In Mexico. There's like Juarez, yeah, and then it's uh, this town that I was born in. It's four hours like south from Juarez, so. Oh okay. And I actually moved uh, to the US when I was four years old, so I did like all like my school and everything here. Okay. In the, in the US, so. Do you remember anything from living in Mexico, or is that just too I, far, too long? Yeah, ago? I mean, yeah, it's kind of like too far back to remember anything. Mm-hmm. I mostly remember like living in Texas, like yeah, mostly. Growing up there. Growing up there, yeah. So when you moved to Texas, was it, did you move to El Paso? I moved to El Paso, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, what was growing up in El Paso like? Pretty cool, man. I actually had, like, a really, like, pleasant childhood. Mm-hmm. No complaints or anything. Yeah. What uh, what kind of things were you into growing up, like? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of got into music, like, in a, in a really early age. Like, my dad used to listen to a lot of, like... 70s like metal bands like Judas Priest like Black Sabbath and stuff like that and okay. he just I don't know I kind of grew up like listening to that stuff like when I was like six seven years old so I just kind of got into it and my sisters were like on to like punk and like alternative and stuff so they kind of like industrial so they kind of turned yeah. me on to that stuff too how much older were your sisters than you um we're all like three years apart so you're the youngest like yeah I'm the youngest oh okay for sure. cool yeah, were you into anything else other than music, like sports? Oh, skateboarding. Skateboarding. Um, yeah, I used to be, like, pretty into skateboarding when I was younger. And then uh, I, like, kind of messed up my knee skateboarding once and, like, freaked out. And I was like, I'm never going to skate skate again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was into it for a few years, man. Maybe, like, I don't know, six or seven years till maybe, like, my freshman year in high school. Cool. Did you, yeah, talking about high school, uh, did you play any instruments in high school or um not in high school well like outside of high school like i used to play the drums so oh yeah i was really into like death metal and stuff so cool i just always like the drums like i they're i don't know i always thought they sounded pretty awesome so yeah did you ever get playing band a band no. or anything just just kind of recreational yeah one of my sisters like played in band but no i just never really had the balls to i guess uh, was <laughs> she played the drums no she played uh i think it was like the violin Oh, okay. Violin yeah, in a band. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she was into that for a while. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, what, I mean, you kind of tapped into this, but, I mean, what were you, what kind of music were you into in high school, or did you kind of start, when did you kind of start finding your own stuff, did you find any stuff on your own that you were listening to that was kind of different from what your sisters, or were, were well, you pretty heavily influenced? Well, it's kind of funny because me and my roommate were talking about this the other day, but uh, we're talking about Thrasher magazine, the skateboarding magazine. Oh, yeah. You remember that? But uh, they used to have, like, in the back, and, like, towards the back, like, of the magazine, they would have uh, all these, like, you know, um, kind of like, uh, you could, like, order, like, music from these catalogs and stuff like that. Was it, like, the that? buy six of them for seven cents? No, like, not or? really. Um, they would just advertise, like, all this, like, music that I was, like, curious about, like, you know, just all kinds of different stuff, and, like, the covers would look really... And I always, I, you know, I always knew that, like, skaters listen to, like, you know, like, punk and just, like, crazy music, so mm-hmm. I would just, like, go off that, you know, basically, like, what I'd see in Thrasher magazine. <laughs> so, yeah, i just go, like, I remember, like, my parents would give me lunch money, like, in middle school, or, like, elementary, like, middle school, and I would just save up my money and just like on the weekend like on Friday me and my friends would go to the mall and I'd buy like a cannibal corpse tape or something you know uh-huh. <laughs> for like eight nine bucks 
yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, any, what, so yeah, what kind of, what bands, um, I mean? Yeah, man, like, Ministry was, like, one of my favorite bands, like, uh, like I said, Cannibal Corpse, Metallica, um, Slayer, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right on. Was it in high school that you discovered electronic music then? Yeah, yeah, actually in high school, my freshman year, I used to kind of, I don't know, high school was like way different, you know, it's obviously it's way different than like, you know, middle school and stuff like that, so, you know, everybody has like their little cliques and stuff, and like two of my best friends that I had known since elementary were actually like, all of a sudden my freshman year, I was like, wow, these guys are dressing all like baggy, like wearing Jinkos and like Adidas stuff, and I was kind of curious, like, you know, what style that was, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, uh. Um, yeah, they were just like, oh yeah, we're just like ravers, and I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and I just kind of like the style, like the baggy, like, Adidas stuff, you know, like, everything mm-hmm. Adidas, like the jacket and the shoes, and like the hat and stuff, and yeah, I just kind of was like curious, and they just, they were just like, they would let me borrow like tapes and stuff, and CDs, and mostly tapes, like mixtapes and stuff, and then I just, just kind of started getting into it, and I, I would just listen to everything at the time, like, anything, like, what that, kind of stuff? Um, like a lot of stuff that I wasn't know at the time was like psychedelic, like Psytrance. Oh, really? Then like drum and bass, um, even like Hard House, set, you know, like pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. I was just like into everything. Like, I, I mean, I liked it so much, I just listened to pretty much everything. Yeah. Were they going to parties at the time then? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of remember like my first rave I went to in high school. It was pretty cool. And I mean, I liked them because... You know, they'd play, like, all kinds of... You know, they'd play drum and bass and then, like, house music and, like, they'd have multiple rooms and I just... Yeah, like, oh, yeah. It's kind of cool, you know? Like, there's, like, a lot of variety and, like... I don't know. It was kind of cool. It just, like, opened me up to this whole, like, other world of, like, music that I thought was pretty cool mm-hmm. and, like... Yeah, do you do you really remember your first party in detail or, like, who played or, or no, where it was? Really. Or? I remember one of my first par- parties. Um, it probably wasn't my first, but... Some of the ones that stood out was probably like Frankie Bones. Like there is a place in El Paso called the X Factory, and um, they used to bring like headliners there. And like I remember seeing like Frankie Bones, like um, I don't know, like Julius Pap, like just like a bunch of like old school DJs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and back then I like, you know, couldn't believe it. Like seeing them, like these DJs that I'd have like CDs from, you know, like yeah. like in front of me like playing, I'd just be like really amazed. <laughs> in El Paso, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started the podcast, but you were saying uh, some of the people you know out here were from the El Paso scene. Did you meet people in high school that, um, or was really. it kind of later on? It was later on. Okay. Um, well, we can get into know. that as as we go on. I was For sure. Seeing if that's <laughs> what it was, but uh, so what was what made you want to actually start becoming a DJ on your own, well, or do, my... pursuing it yourself, or like. Well, my best friend and one of my best friends in high school, um, he was like, you know, into it. And then um, he was in skateboarding too, and we were we were kind of like, you know, you know, well, we were best friends, so we had like a lot of you know stuff in common. And um, yeah, he just like one day was like, oh yeah, I bought like turntables and stuff like that, and he's like buying records online and stuff from like Satellite, which actually is like based out of uh, in, in Manhattan. But yeah, we would just. He was he started mixing before I did and I was just kinda like intrigued by like mixing two records, you know, two tracks at a time. Mm-hmm. Like that whole idea just kind of amazed me. I'm like, Oh wow, you know, like I thought it was just like really like wow, I've never seen this before. Like 
Yeah. <laughs> like seeing two tracks at a time, like, you know, and when it actually sound, like, sounded good together, like, I just, it just blew me away, so. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I can do that, you know, and I just started getting, like, I was really excited about it at the time, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did, we just spent, we would spend a lot of time, like, in my, in my friend's, uh, room, like, he had, like, a pretty cool little setup, he had, like, the CD, like, the old school CDJ, like, 200s and, like, the, you know, 1200, the, uh, Technique 1200s and, Mm-hmm. We just spend like three, four hours just like mixing records, like seeing what went good together, you know. And, mm-hmm. and um, and then you know, my friend would start. He was you know, uh, playing parties in Juarez, and like he would do like after parties. So I was kind of like, you know, I kind of want to get into that, like you know. I was kind of like, I, I was, I kind of envied him a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I kind of want to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it. What year of high school was that then? Uh, it was probably 96, 97, 96, something 96. like that, yeah. What so. You, so you're like... I was like 14, 15. Maybe. So your freshman year? Yeah, like my freshman, sophomore year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, you guys started pretty early on, got your hands on decks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get your own setup, or were you just kind of playing off his? Just or? playing off his, and then, um, like I said, a reference like through high school, his name's Danny, um, he lives in Vegas now, but, uh. He, um, we ended up like, I don't know, years after, I don't remember, probably like, I don't know, I must have been like 20 or 21 at the time. It was probably like three years after high school, mm-hmm. like in 2001 or something. Then we ended up moving in together, so we lived together. In for El like, Paso? Yeah. Okay. We lived together for like a year and a half or so, maybe two years, but um, yeah, we would just, you know, we'd just use his setup, you know? I didn't really have my own setup till like later, but um, yeah, we would just have like people over after like after hours and we would just like play did you have were you throwing shows then or were you no, just kind of really. playing shows with him kinda, yeah just like here and him, there yeah. whatever. i was just kind of following following him around mostly and just because he was the one that was like always getting booked to play like shows mm-hmm. in what is and like after our uh, party so i just always be there like supporting him and stuff like that you know cool. but, does uh, he still play no, he doesn't actually. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's the one that got me into it, and uh, it's funny because he saw me. He came to Denver, and I hadn't seen him in uh, like a couple years. But uh, I was playing an all vinyl set at Fusion Factory, and like he came, he was in town, and he like surprised me, and I was all excited, like telling everyone, like Seth and Kevin and like Brian, I'm like, dude, this is the guy that like got me into like electronic music or like DJing like back in the day, and everybody was like, oh shit, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> awesome man. But yeah. <laughs> What was the scene like in in uh, El Paso? It was pretty. It was pretty awesome. It was it was really like eclectic. How big were the parties that would happen? Like? They're pretty big, man. Like people would just run out like huge like warehouses, like all kinds of different parts of town. Um, I remember one actually in particular, <laughs> where it was like in a roller skating rink, and they like shut it back then. They were getting shut down like all the time. Mm-hmm. You dealt like with that like crazy yeah. in Iowa. And it, yeah, it does, it seems to like not happen in Denver, but, um, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. It used to happen in El Paso all the time. Like you, you just kind of, people knew like, if you're like, oh, are you, if you're going to go to a rave tonight, you know, it's going to get busted like at some point, you know, unless it's in the desert somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I remember this one in this, they had it like in a roller, like, uh, in, in a roller skate like thing and, um, it got busted and like the cops were like arresting like all kinds of people and I was just like flipping out. <laughs> I think I had like, yeah, I was definitely like on some like psychedelics that night and it just, yeah, like freaked me out. Oh yeah. But, uh, that, the yeah, cherries that, will, man. Oh Jesus. Yeah. That uh, party definitely <laughs> stood out for me. Like it was, it was, yeah, a lot of stuff happened that night that was really weird, but mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, glad you didn't get busted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when... So did you get really serious about DJing, get your own equipment before you moved to Denver? Or actually, before we get get to Denver, you moved to New York then. Yeah. Yeah, my mom actually moved out there first uh, when my parents... Well, it was... My parents had been... They split up when I was in high school. And, uh, yeah, she just um, decided to move to New York. Like, she'd always wanted to... Like New York City? New York City, yeah. Okay. She just, like... She'd always wanted to, like... Move there, and then uh, she ended up moving there, like, sometime in 2001. Like, she'd gone and visited maybe, like, two or three times, and then, like, you know, um, she finally, like, got settled and, you know, got her own place and everything, and she was like, oh, you want to, like, come up here? And So, yeah, I'd stay there, like, months at a time, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was already, back then, I was already, like, obsessed with, like, the whole New York scene. Like, a lot of artists that I like, like, were coming from New York, and... Mm -hmm. Um, Frankie Bones from New York. Yeah, Frankie Bones and like Kiyoki and stuff like that. And one of the biggest records, online record stores in the world at the time was uh, Satellite Records, which uh, was in Manhattan. So like, you know, I was just like, yeah, I got to check these places out. And like Twilo, which I was never able to go to because they literally like shut it down like a couple days after I turned 21. Oh, so damn. Was, <laughs> like, yeah, I, mean, we were, I was obsessed with that place like years and then I just never got to go so that sucked oh man <laughs> so you got involved with the scene in New York a bit then a little bit like just through like friends and stuff not as much as I like here like not at all like, yeah yeah but uh yeah I mean I just a couple of friends every now and then would like ask me if I wanted to play like you know they had like a night like at a lounge or something but uh nothing really actually I mean to be honest with you like in New York I did more um like online stuff you know okay I just, yeah, I got I got really into, like, online, like, podcasts, and I had, like, a weekly, uh, I had, like, various, like, weeklies on a bunch of different, like, internet radio sites, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I was just doing that, uh, for the most part. Gotcha. For, like, yeah, from, like, 2007 till, okay. um, till, like, I moved here. Yeah. So, did you move directly from New York to here, or did you move from El Paso? No, directly here? from, from New York to here, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, before we get into uh, you living here in, in Denver, um, who who did you know, or who did you know that was in El Paso? In, like, the El Paso Juarez scene? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Ozuki, like, Ulises, Michelle. Ozuki hosts the BPL, which yeah, is like, uh, B-Port Lounge on Punches on Fridays. Yeah, like, one of the, yeah. In, um, uh, at uh, Beta. At Beta, yeah, so I knew, I knew them. Were they, were th- or were they part of the influence to move out here? Um, or what? What was in Denver that kind well, of pushed you to move here? Well, I have family here, like on my mom's side. Um, her family, on her side of the family, um, she has family that moved here, like when I was still a kid. Like they moved to Denver years, years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of my older sisters moved out of here, like in like two thousand one. She lived in Canyon City, and then like around two thousand two, she moved to Denver. So, I mean, we we we've had a lot of family here, so. It just kind of seemed like the right the right decision at the time. Yeah. So had you ever been here? I guess yeah. if your sister lived out here, you're probably visiting. Yeah, I'd visiting. been here um, twice actually, uh, before that. So and I okay, really liked it. Cool. So when you moved to Denver, where'd you move? When I first moved here, I moved to um, we lived in Lakewood, like right off like Kipling and uh, Mississippi. Okay. Um, yeah, the first year here, here was like miserable. Like it was too quiet for me. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm serious, like, I couldn't even sleep for, like, a, like a year. Like, I got really bad insomnia because the place we lived at in New York was, like, an industrial neighborhood. 
and it was right in front of the Pepsi factory, and uh, I don't know, it's just like all this noise going on 24-7, you know, mm-hmm. and you move somewhere quiet, and then it's like, you know, you can't... It's, <laughs> it's louder than, yeah, the silence can the be silence, louder yeah, than... Yeah, exactly. No, so, I know exactly what you mean. It's like how people have to, like, like sleep with a fan on. Like they yeah, can't like stand the, the silence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely understandable. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. So so what year was it that you moved here then again? Uh, it was uh, March, uh, I believe it was March 29th, 28th of 2009. And 2009. I remember the first night, like, we moved down here, I actually hung out with Azuki. Like, we, I actually spent the night at her house. So we, they showed me around, like, beta. They were like, oh, you got to, like, check it out. And they, like, picked me up and... Ended up like crushing at their place. Were they doing punches at that time yet? Yeah, they had barely started doing it. How long beta had probably hadn't been open that long? Yeah, no, they had they had barely opened beta for it had been open for like three or four months or something. Cool. Do you know how they got involved with that? I actually started. Oh man, I actually don't remember. But back then they were only doing a monthly though. They weren't doing a weekly. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's cool that they they've been doing something since it started. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, what was the state of the scene when you moved here? Um, well, like the first kind of music that I heard when I, when I moved here was like dubstep, which like in New York, I hadn't really heard it. Yeah. That was kind of when it started really was right around then was 2009, I think. So when I moved here, like I would, I don't know, I would just hear cars like drive by and like play it. And I'm like, what is this like (laughs) that everybody's like so into and and I don't know, I'd go to the BPL like a few times and then, or like to beta and like, I don't know, there was... It seemed like, you know, a pretty cool scene, and it was, like, uh, people were kind of into, like, the whole, like, minimal thing mm-hmm. when I moved here, so, you know, like, Paco Suna, like, Richie Hahn, like, everybody's kind of playing that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 2008, so. that was, that was a, 2008 was a big year for minimal, minimal. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad it kind of evolved from there. For sure. Because it was, it was pretty, uh, actually, I remember, my first year I went to Detroit Electronic yeah. Music Festival was in 2008, and... I mean, I, I, I mean, I kind of liked techno and house at the time, but that completely, I, I mean, I've said this many times, but it completely rearranged my DNA was going to yeah. Detroit and I f- discovered like what, what I want, what I, what I loved and didn't even know it. Yeah. And, uh, I went to, I went to see Richie Houghton for the first time and he was playing at, I think St. Andrew's hall in d- downtown Detroit for yeah. an after party. And they were like advertising this big thing. They were like, "It's the cube. He's gonna have this crazy visual, <laughs> visual thing. It's the cube." Everybody yeah. was like, "Oh my god, is the cube's gonna be there?" And then like we, I paid like thirty five dollars like at the door to get in, which is pretty reasonable at the time. But uh, we get in, and like all the cube is is like this like grid patterned like LED light structure like hanging above the dance floor, yeah. like. It was retarded. <laughs> like yeah, everyone's yeah. like, "That's the cube." Like it was like so. We were like joking. Like we were awesome. joking the rest of the weekend. Like, "Oh my god, the cube! <laughs> Richie's bringing the cube." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but even besides that, like Richie got on and played. He played like a three-hour set, and I literally fell asleep at the club. Like I was yeah. like up on like the the overlooking the the dance floor with my arms on the bar, and I, like, I, I right, fell asleep. On. Like. Yeah, I've not never... even the drugs could keep me up. <laughs> like yeah, I was uh... like that. It was just like go to sleep music. So yeah. that that was a pretty. It was weird because everybody talked up Richie Houghton and but I, I've seen him. He's redeemed himself several times after that. But like yeah, yeah, that was a big year for minimal. It was sure. two thousand eight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, back to this. What? what yeah, you said you were hearing dubstep and stuff, but uh, 
Yeah, how did you start getting integrated or involved with the scene here? Or who who did you first um, meet? I mean, I guess Azuki, but... Uh. Um, I, I had met this... Well, it's kind of funny, because that night that I crashed out of her place, she had, like, a little after party or whatever, and I met this one dude, his name was Chris, and um, we ended up, like, hitting it off, and he ended up becoming, like, one of my best friends. He lives in North Dakota now, and, like, he's just, like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he was into, like, electronic music, too, and... Uh, he used to be like I don't know. He used to do like he used to like um, do like sound stuff, like engineering stuff, and he like introduced me to uh, the owner at this place called Blue Ice, which was like down on Broadway, like first in Broadway or something. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like looking for DJs. I had only been here for like two months or something, so that was kind of like my first gig. Oh okay. Just kind of playing there. Um, it was kind of like a free for all. Like you could just bring like your CDs and stuff, and they, it was like an open decks night. So we would just like hang out there and stuff, and then uh, from there I just kind of like one of the first people I met um, was probably like Casey Chapman, you know? Uh huh. Um, yeah, like he heard me play once, and he was like, "Oh, cool." And we just kind of like hit it off. So yeah, I just kind of started meeting people like really quickly here. Like I was kind of surprised because in New York it's so like fucking hard to like I can imagine integrate yeah. yourself with a group of people. Like it doesn't work like the way it works here. Like everyone has such like a you're really defensive over there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a whole different... And I came with that mentality, too, you know? I was kind of, like, you know, New York, you had that New York mentality. So yeah, I that's... Wasn't, I, I wasn't really matter. looking to, like, make friends, really, you know? But yeah, then, yeah. But then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, I just started, like, meeting all these people, and I'm like, holy shit, like, yeah, yeah. like, this is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, that's one thing I kind of realized moving here, too, because I was like, oh, man, the big city, it's probably, you know, like, yeah. cutthroat, you know, like, very tight-knit webs or whatever but really you discovered a lot of the people are like you like i mean every once in a while you you meet a native but for the most yeah. part we're, we're all we all come from kind of the same uh history we all yeah. we all came here you know looking for something better and for sure we're, we all have it's we all have that same kind of mentality or you know yeah and and i mean we all just come from a similar history of you know coming here looking for a better thing it's it's kind of a melting pot here you yeah know? definitely i mean yeah yeah so how did you? When did you start throwing shows, or did did you did Hemisphere Groove Collective start, or? Um, yeah, like once we started, like uh, you know, like when uh, I started doing the night at Funky Buddha, then we, we just kind of started like you know throwing shows there, and then uh, I mean, like we really didn't start doing like after hours stuff till like recently, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just kind of took a while to like get to that point where I mean we're not throwing a lot of parties but I mean uh, you know we're every like three four months which is kind of like what I want you know I don't it's too stressful you know and oh yeah it's a lot of weight to carry man yeah for sure so, <laughs> a lot like, of money too but it's funny because before you know it's like you want to DJ you know like looking back like in high school you're like oh yeah this is what you want to do but I don't know it's not as easy as like people think you know I mean it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard work and it's like I don't know I don't like want like a you know to dj like every week you know like yeah you don't want that. it you don't want it to feel like a chore like yeah. you want to you want to maintain mean, the level of enjoyment you don't sure. want it to be like oh, i mean I there's some people f- that can pull it off like don't get me wrong there's a shitload of people that can fucking come up with a f- mix every single week and like i was I, you know i could i, could, I was kind of doing that at one point you know but it's just like i can't personally i can't handle it you know like yeah yeah looking through music like every single week i, I mean i don't have the time and stuff but uh but yeah, I mean, it's just like a stress, it's, it's, you know, like a stress factor thing, but 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when play becomes work, it's you yeah, know, it sucks like, for sure. Yeah. They, I mean, the the very reason you got into it in the first place is it's not even there anymore. Like, yeah, completely. As as Hemisphere Groove Collective uh, came to fruition, how did it evolve? Or what was? Do you have any big shows or highlights that you got or shows that you did? Or like headliners you brought? Um, well, the one that really stands out for me was um, when we brought out um, Luke Mandala just like a few months ago. Like that one, yeah, that was, was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, that was uh, when, what was that in November? November, yeah, yeah November. November. Yeah, um, me and <clears throat> me and my girlfriend Rihanna, and that was honestly like one of the best sets we've seen out here since we've been in Denver. And I've been a huge fan of him for yeah, a very yeah, long time. He's got here. that very unique psychedelic like nobody Definitely. sounds like him yeah, and then yeah, after yeah. talking to him after he played and hearing he was like yeah that was all my own shit yeah it was like <laughs> what are you like are you fucking kidding me like he yeah. played a dj set and i remember talking to him like before he played and he's like yeah i kind of you know i don't really decide my set until you know i kind of get a feel for the crowd yeah. and, and the show and, and whatnot and then i get up there and i play and then he, he did a DJ set, and it was all his own fucking... Like, he has that vast of a yeah, library of his sure. own stuff to make a set that yeah. incredible. It was like... I mean, the set alone, even if I would have known... Even if it would have been, like, not his music all yeah. the, the whole time, it would have been an amazing set. Yeah, and he then he just really cool. he just dropped that fucking bomb that it was all his own stuff, like, yeah. in a DJ format. Like, it was... Yeah, that was, that was really fucking awesome. We definitely need to get him back here and uh yeah what's it and we talked talked about in the first podcast with uh jan jan von leer he yeah. he used to do shows with him out in california, in california when he was yeah. from there and for sure their homies from back, back in the day yeah 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 man i used to play a bunch of his stuff like back in uh actually when i first first moved here like in 2009 that's when i discovered luke mandala mm-hmm and I had played a bunch of his stuff. Like, there's one track from, uh, it's like his remix of a book of shade track called Regenerate. Oh, yeah. And uh, he played it that night, too. And, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It, was just a, it wasn't, like, you know, a super packed show or whatever. Like, we didn't even, like, break even. But, uh, I mean, musically, it was, like, one of the best, like, sets that, I, you know, really stood out for me. So. Oh, absolutely, man. People don't know what they missed, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just guess just a little bit more along the lines. How, how has the Hemisphere Groove Collective progressed since it started? Or well, when it first started, it was me and my my uh, one of my other I don't know. I call a lot of my friends best friends, but uh, I guess yeah. Break down who who all is involved or who are all the members. Uh, there's been a lot of people involved, a lot of residents, but um, before, the ones that well, it, me and James Cazella, which is he's, he's one of my best friends, started it, and he just kind of like. Um, you know, he's he just kind of like got uh, too caught up with like work and stuff, so he never he comes on like supports. But uh, yeah, me and him were the ones that like actually started it, and okay, he like made our lo- the very first like logo mm-hmm. for Hemisphere, and uh, you know we would play out together, and like we went you know we got booked to play in Houston and stuff like that. So uh, mm-hmm. he's still somewhat involved, but not to the extent that he was in the beginning. Um, but yeah, now it's just. Um, Right now, it's just, like, mostly me and, like, Brian and uh, Stefan. Okay. Uh, Stefan is, like, I've been following his work for, like, forever. Mm-hmm. He's, um, there's a website called hybridize.org, and I used to, like, listen to his podcast, like, all the time, and, um, Aaron Lee actually was, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, moving out here to, like, Colorado, and, like, gave him my number, and he, like, just fucking called me one day. I was, like, going to Cherry Creek Reservoir, and, like... 
um, Stefan called me and I just like I'd been looking up to him for a long time because I knew he worked with Hybrid and like mm -hmm. you know uh, he's like one of my fucking favorite electronic bands of like all time like I bought their CD like in high school like it was just really big you know for me mm -hmm. really like nostalgic when I listen to that CD um, but yeah like I knew he'd been working with them so I was just like the fact that he's now like one of our residents I think is, is pretty fucking huge but um like nobody knows who the hell he is, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, because he had he's had like different aliases, and now he's just going by like his real name, mm -hmm. um, Stefan Weiss, and now he's like producing like techno. Because before he was like progressive breaks, but um, yeah, now it's just like the us three mostly doing stuff. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool how st like little niches like that can happen. You know, yeah. like, you never would have expected. And, yeah, like, for sure. Oh my god, this name! Like now, yeah. now, now he's just your homie. You know, that's and he's cool. and he's really good friends with Luke Mandala too. So and yeah, I mean, it's just he has a lot. He knows a lot of. Was still, he from California? No, he actually. Well, he's uh, if I can remember correctly, he's lived like all over the world. But he was born in Germany, and then grew up in like Italy, and then like moved to Dallas. Oh wow. And, um, it's kind of funny because, like, he's one of the main guys from Proton Radio, like, he's, he's, like, one of their, like, web designers, and he's been a resident on there for, like, um, 10, it's gonna be 10 years, um, in May, because we're doing that, 10, the Blue Industry, Blue Industry's 10-year anniversary. Awesome. Um, so he's, like, been involved with Proton for, like, ever, and, like, knows, like, a bunch of the artists on there, and, like, he actually, um, I don't know if you knew this, but, um, uh, Matrix used to live in Dallas. Oh really? Like way back, yeah, way back in the day, like in MySpace days, like, <laughs> like I don't know, like two thousand five, two thousand six, and um, him and Stefan were like really good friends. So Holy like, shit. a lot of badass producers came came out from um, Dallas. So that's crazy. It's kind of cool that he like moved here now. Yeah, yeah. How did how did you guys come up with the name for him for Hemisphere? Um, I honestly don't really remember. <laughs> I just kind of. We were just kind of thinking of, like, cool, like, you know, what would sound cool. It wasn't Hemisphere Groove Collective at first. It was just Hemisphere. Mm hmm So we just kind of, like, thought it sounded cool, I guess. Yeah, that on. Right on. And then, uh, yeah, after we kind of got, like, some people on and stuff, and we were like, oh, we should just kind of call it, like, you know, a collective or, I don't know. How, I don't, yeah, I don't exactly remember um, whose idea it was to add, you know, that, but, um, mm -hmm. well, it makes sense. Cause like you said, like you've had residents come and go. So, yeah. it, so it is more like a collective and yeah, for sure. the involvement hasn't been, I mean, it, it's changed and yeah, evolved over definitely. the years. So yeah, yeah, I think it fits it good. Any, yeah, I guess the, that blue party is it, or what's on the horizon for you guys? Or do you have any other parties planned? Um, yeah, that one's like the only one we have for now. Um, I mean, we're not bringing a headline or anything. It's just going to be, um, me, Brian, uh, Kevin Callison, and then Stefan, I guess, is going to be, like, the headliner, you know, because it's, like, his 10-year anniversary, so, um, yeah, that's pretty much, like, all we have going on, and then I'm playing at Narnia Warehouse next month on the 17th. Yeah, Brian, I mean, since Brian, like, moved into Fusion Factory, he's been playing there, like, all the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really, like, keep That's up. a crazy lifestyle right there. I don't keep up with, like, the shows that he, like... You know, he's constantly, like, every weekend, like, oh, are you coming? I'm, like, playing at, like, such and such time. And I never really get to see him play. It kind of sucks. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, he's getting, like, booked a lot to do shows. Yeah. Like, just, like, <laughs> he better be if that, you got to live there, there yeah. with that every fucking weekend. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> and then Stefan's just been, like, really busy, like, on production. Like, he's just been, like, fucking killing it lately on, like, production. He just got signed to uh, Punches Black. Oh, nice. 
and um, like Frequenza, and uh, he's just coming out with like some killer fucking. He's doing like everything from like dub techno to just like, you know, techno and like some minimal stuff. So, hell yeah, man. Yeah, it's <clears throat> good to hear. Uh, we okay now. Uh, yeah, we come to this section of the podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I've actually decided to start labeling, and this is the best and worst section of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> We'll just go through the best and worst of a, a, buff, a bunch of different stuff that uh, that you've experienced. Uh, what's the best and the worst set you've ever played in your life? Best set that I've ever played in my life. Hmm. I I mean to be honest with you, the, when we played in Houston was like I'd never. Well, I had used a rotary mixer once at my friend's place in Brooklyn, and they had a rotary rotary mixer there, like. Um, it was, I think it was called like the Red Room where we played at Club Riches in Houston and it was, it was a really good gig. I mean, it wasn't like super packed or anything, but it was just like, I don't know, it was, it was a pretty unique experience and I just, the fact that we like got booked to play in another town was pretty cool mm-hmm. and um, playing on a rotary mixer was kind of fun and uh, yeah, just like drinking every day and not like being hung over because we were like at sea level. You know, oh yeah. Cool too, so. <laughs> But yeah, that uh, gig actually like always stands out as like one of my favorite gigs, you know. Cool. And one of my worst ones was probably when uh, last summer I played at um, this place in Grand Junction called Sabrosa, which uh, I Grand Junction is the very very west of Dem or Colorado for those yeah who don't, for <laughs> those who don't know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just like a really bad like I just my friend Cody. Um, Parks actually, um, who's living there at the time, and he's living now in Denver. Um, booked me, and and um, like they paid for my hotel and everything, like the venue, which was really cool. And uh, I mean, it was a cool spot, but I just like it was just one of those gigs where like people were constantly coming up to me, and they were like, "Oh, I don't like this," and like, "Could you play this and that?" I, I Got mean, I've, Kanye. I mean, I've had that happen to me like hundreds of times before, but uh, this one was just like it was so bad that. I, like, lost interest in playing at one point, and I just told my friend to take over. I was like, dude, I'm done. Like, I'm, you know, like, why am I even playing? Like, nobody's, like, digging this, so. And I, I, and I did my best to, like, change it up. I was, like, playing, like, you know, a little bit of everything, like, some breaks and, you know, uh, how, you know, some techno and some, like, tech house and stuff. But, uh, yeah, yeah, nobody really responded, so. Man, I had a, actually, that kind of reminds me of the worst ones I ever had, uh, my my friend from like elementary school back in Iowa, I didn't really see him much because he went to a different high school. But he like he was going to the university, or he lived up in Cedar Falls, which is where the University of Northern Iowa is. And it was like his birthday party or something. And he never like been to a show of mine. He wasn't really into the music, but he, you know he's just like, hey, you should totally come up and <laughs> play, set up your decks and play at my my uh, some party he was having and. I was like, all right, we'll do it. And I drove through this, like, snowstorm, like, almost didn't make it. Yeah. Got to the venue, or not to venue, to the to the house party, <laughs> and went down, and, like, it was it was just, like, I mean, it was, it was, like, a lot of high schoolers that were drinking, and, I mean, it was, like, Flippy Cup, and, like, oh, like you know, like, it was, like, a, you know, rowdy. your typical, like, college mixed with high school <laughs> oh, solo man. cup party. And, like, I set up my shit, and then I realized I didn't have my uh, eighth-inch adapter, oh, or quarter-inch quarter, quarter inch adapter for my headphones, so there's no way I could DJ. Oh, so I had to drive to a Walmart, 
to buy one, you know, for like, and I had to buy a multi-pack, so it was like 10 bucks. <laughs> and then uh, through the snowstorm, then back to the party, and then I started playing, and they absolutely hated the music. Like, oh, that, like man. I could, I mean, I was going, I was trying to do, like, remixes of like popular songs and like they, they still were it. like there's a chick came up she's like don't you got any pantera <laughs> it's like <laughs> what does this look like to you and, but i mean That's there was a right. couple times where i got them to dance but then at what like they just kept and the, the pantera chick like fucking stumbled and like pushed the dj oh, deck shoot. over and i had like a, a glass of jungle juice and it spilled all over my huge oh, no. CD, my CD book. Oh, so all of my, like 80% of all ruined. my CDs, like hours and hours of burning these CDs were, were ruined and sticky and just Dude, like, that's terrible. And, yeah. and I mean, I was just like, I was like, and then I had to drive home in the snowstorm. Like we almost didn't make it. It was, oh my God. It was like, oh dude, yeah, it sounds, was sounds like, like a nightmare. Just people like think you suck, <laughs> like yeah, nobody. We, yeah. like, you're like you're just on the wrong drugs, yo. Yeah, when we were at, uh, yeah, the, when the when we played it, when I played at Sabrosa, man, and um, all of a sudden, the like fucking uh, like three or four like cop cars showed up, and they were like pulling people over left and right, and I just like the first like I just wanted to fucking get out of that town. Yeah, yeah. And we had to like we were in the parking lot right across the street, like looking for our car. And there's like cops like circling that parking lot, and I'm like, dude, are you fucking like, nah, man, this is like too. I was like, we're gonna have to take a cab to the hotel, and then uh, I don't know. One of my friends, he had only had like a couple beers, but yeah, he had. Uh, we ended up driving to the hotel, and we're just like, oh man, I like I felt relieved, you know, like after leaving there, which I don't know, it's kind of shitty, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's similar to what happened at this party. Like as, as we were walking out, there a fucking fist fight between these two dudes broke out. <laughs> like everyone's like, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. We're like get the fuck out of here. This is not my scene. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right, uh, best uh, party or event you've ever been to? Best and worst? Um, like ever? Just in attendance? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or if they're, you know, if there's top three, would just pick one. Oh, man. There's so many. I don't know. I mean, when I used to, like, uh, work at NORAD, um, I don't know. My, honestly, I've been to, like, some of the best ones there. Mm-hmm. Like, Pig and Dan. Jeez, um, man. One time, Matrix played in the BPL as Matrix, and then he played at the After Hours Warehouse. Oh, my God. Under Plex. This was, uh, fuck, man. It must have been, like, 2010, I want to say. Damn. Like my Jane Coles, that wouldn't happen again. <laughs> Flatline, Flatline uh, brought my Jane Coles out um, to this warehouse that's like, um, I don't know if you know where, um, oh, what's that fucking place? It's like Twenty Seventh and Larimer. Uh, to do show. Oh, Metal Arc. Metal Arc, yeah. So there was like this weird entrance in the alley, like right next to it, and then there's like a warehouse there. Oh, you literally had to like crawl in through the fucking. There's like a little fence like torn out, <laughs> and you had to like crawl into there. And uh, yeah, my Jane Coles. Um, played there and Maceo Flex, and not on the same night, but um, at the, yeah, the same warehouse. Like. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, those are like some of the best parties I've, I've been to, like God, in, in, Den- in Denver. Awesome. Hell yeah, fucking awesome. And any of the worst? The worst? Oh shit, man! There's a lot of those. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I mean, oh, man, I can't. At the top of my head, I can't really remember. But I mean, you know, you like. 
when you really want to see a DJ like really fucking bad, you just been waiting for him to roll in the th- through town, and then you just finally see them, and you're like, damn, you fucking uh, yeah. terrible. Like, <laughs> I should be up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of those, like you know, like at NORAD, like I don't know, everywhere, you know, like it, it just happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, always blame the DJ, like. I mean, yeah, I everybody know. has their bad nights, but it yeah. just sucks when you're there for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and pay. For sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, best uh, best and worst musical performances you've ever seen, whether it be bands or a DJ set or concert? Um, damn, I think we were uh, at Red Rocks um, last summer. Shit, who the hell? Um, oh, STS9. We went to go see them, and they had, like, this, like, like, during the intermission, they had this fucking band play. I forgot who they were, but it was, like, super fucking, like, just terrible, like, it was, like, boy band music, kind (laughs) of, and everybody was, like, fucking, the whole audience was, like, you could hear left and right, like, they were, like, what the fuck is this, like, this is fucking bullshit, and, like, I couldn't really tell, because where it was coming from, but then, because there was no one on stage, and then all of a sudden we noticed that it was, like, they were, like, in the fucking crowd. Like, they had, like... Maybe in the sound booth? No, they were, like... Yeah, I don't know. They were, like, in the fucking crowd, like, not far from us, like, like singing. And I I have to look it up online, but it was this, like, band that... I, I think they were from here, too. I'm not sure, but it was just, like, really terrible. Like, it just, like, killed my vibe, like, so fucking bad. And it was... Like, <laughs> right uh, in the middle of their intermission. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, dude. No, yeah, nobody liked it. And then... <laughs> Like, I got on Facebook, and, like, fucking hundreds of people were like, what is this shit? Like, everybody was, like, talking shit about them. And <laughs> it was just like, yeah, it killed, like, everybody's vibe, and I think that's, like, one of the worst fucking shows, like, not shows that I've been to, but just, like, things that have happened, like, while you're while I've been at a show, you know? So mm-hmm. it just kind of killed my vibe. Yeah. What, uh, so, yeah, and the, and the best? The be- oh, dude, the fucking hands down that Spangle, um show at Red Rocks. That was fucking dope. That one is like, I just, I can't get over it, like, even now, like, I just, it's fucking, it was just so amazing. Yeah. They were gonna come back this year to do it again, but I no guess Roger Ram's health is oh, just not doing it, not yeah, he's good pretty, enough to come here. He's, he's pretty old. He's pretty old, yeah. Yeah, I've like, yeah. I, I mean, know, that was the first time he'd been in America in like, ten years or something, yeah. like, so that was, that was something super special. That might not even come around again, man. Yeah, so. yeah, that one definitely. Yeah, that was blew a, me blew me away. Really yeah. awesome show. Uh, yeah, and uh, I guess last of the best and worst, uh, best and worst festivals you've ever been to, camping events. Um, I mean, I go to a lot of the full moon parties. There's been like some good, some good and bad ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, JTF is always awesome. Um, BWS was cool this year, you know, and mm-hmm. like did a pretty good job. And um, I see some of the worst festivals. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't really do too many festivals. Like I haven't even been to like like we were talking about earlier, like Detroit or anything. Yeah, so. you should really. I don't go. want to get on that. I just yeah. I can like I said, I can only do like one day, and then that's... understandable. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's. It's very more demanding than one day, that's for but sure. Yeah, I don't really do, like, too many festival stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I just, when I was younger, but I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, EDC, I bet, would, if I went, I would probably, I don't know, I'm just, like, in my opinion, I'd probably say it probably sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole, like, EDM thing, but, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, just just the, it's it's just become so, you know, homogenized and, and yeah. mainstream and 
But I mean, at least there. I mean, I, I know at those festivals they do have the pockets of the good music, or they'll have like yeah. a stage dedicated to techno or, or house, sure, or, yeah. you know, like mature music. Yeah, so. for sure. But well, cool, dude. Uh, about ready to wrap this podcast, or not the podcast up. We're gonna get your mix on. But uh, what's what's on the horizon? I know you've talked about a few shows, but yeah, what if you just want to go over that again? What shows you got? Yeah, what dates? So um, I'm doing another podcast. Um, on the seventeenth, uh, ultra wizards word dot net. Um, next month. Yeah, next month. Okay, April seventeenth. And then that same night, I'm going to be playing at Narnia for this. Um, it's called uh, She Wants the Deep. Um, April showers par- uh, uh, party, and then um, we're doing um, our show at Fusion Factory for the Blue uh, Blue Industries ten year anniversary, and uh, uh, and then I'm going to you know keep playing at uh, Milk since I just became a resident there, so. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of taking it slow. I'm not trying to do, you know, become like the best, like, or biggest promoter in Denver or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of like doing stuff small, like, you know, we're not trying to like over, you know, like over, uh, you know, produce like events or anything like that. But um, yeah, I'm kind of happy where we're at right now. So that's that's cool. Everyone's happy. So. <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah, man. Sounds good. Well, yeah, people keep your eye out for him and uh, uh, ears online. Uh, if Yeah, and if people do want to find you online, do you have a SoundCloud or a place they can go to hear your mixes? Yeah, I do have a SoundCloud. I believe it's uh, soundcloud.com forward slash uh, AlexMNYC. Okay. And uh, then I have a mix slot with like the same, uh, like, uh, you know, Alex M N Y C. Cool. And we'll I'll post these uh, the links for these in the uh, the description of the podcast, so you guys can you can just click the link there. Yeah, and then we have a hemispheregroovecollective.com, so you can also like okay. jump on there. Yeah, they got the website there, so hemispheregroovecollective.com. All right, man. What uh what can we expect from the mix then? Uh, you're about to play. I'm gonna play like some kind of like deep like deep techno, kind of like on the minimal side, and then um, for like the first like half hour and then it'll get like a little harder towards the end some like weird like trippier stuff so cool cool and uh, like it any notable artists or labels um there's uh i've been following like this artist from bristol who uh, used to be part of uh i don't know if you remember back in the day Koshin. i'm not sure yeah they're like super old school like kind of like tribal house but how um, do you spell it um k-o-s-h-e-e-n okay yeah, but yeah, like I didn't hear from them for years, and like one of the guys um, uh, came out with this moniker called Dubspeaka. Oh yeah, Dubspeaka. Yeah, so you I mean, actually, like, I'd I'd seen his name, but I remember you like showed him to me, like yeah, and yeah, you know I've been into him ever since you like pointed. Yeah, I've been like fucking playing out. the shit out of his tracks for like I don't know since I've you know since he started coming out as Dubspeaker um, for like a year a year and a half or two now. So mm-hmm. um, I'll play a lot of his stuff. Um, let's see who else. Um, shit, I can't really remember off the top of my head right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll just be, um, actually some stuff off, like, Dubseeker's label. There, there's some other artists on there that'll play tonight. Um, what label? Uh, it's called Skeleton, uh, Recordings, so. Okay. Well, cool, man. We'll get this mix started. Uh, thanks again, man, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I always, uh, uh, you know, keep you in mind and, uh, Thank you for being the first person to ever reach out and yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> offer me a gig without even hearing me. So, uh, <laughs> no it's problem, definitely dude. started the fire. So, yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it, man. And, uh, 
Yeah, without further ado, we'll get Alex's mix on here. And here we go. Thank you. 
Thanks again to Alex for coming on the podcast and the dope-ass mix he provided for us. And before we depart ways, 
Just want to remind you Iowa folk that Mission Beat 5 is less than a week away on Thursday, April 2nd at the Iowa City Yacht Club. Catch Eric Starrett, Matt Rissy, Giant Child, and myself all throwing down sets to celebrate our 5th anniversary. Take care guys, and we'll see you next time.